0: You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 193 with Nate Lind. Have you ever considered being a legendary man? Today we're going to talk about what that is and what it might mean to you. What is going on Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. As always and as usual, I am excited to be with you here today and I am glad you're here. If you are brand new to listening to Men of Abundance, this is one of the first episodes you've listened to. I want to welcome you to to this community, to this tribe of men. And there are many ladies out there listening as well. Ladies, I truly appreciate you listening as well. You know, I say this often, but I truly can't say it enough how grateful that I am and how honored and humbled I am that so many people are listening to these conversations, getting a little bit out of each and every conversation, and then applying that somehow into your daily activities, into your mindset, into your thought process. Something you're using here at Men of Abundance is in some way, shape or form affecting your life in a positive manner. That's my goal. That's my hopes. And I'm just really amazed at How many people are giving me some amazing feedback, sharing their little story with me and about what the conversations are doing for them, and then that you're sharing men of abundance with other people. That's really what this is all about. You know, they say knowledge is power, but that is incorrect. Knowledge is only power when it's shared. If you're keeping knowledge to yourself, it's it's only good for you, but it really makes a big difference when you share that information, that knowledge with other people. And that's what I'm hoping that you're doing. If somebody shared Men of Abundance with you, thank them and then pay it forward by sharing Men of Abundance with somebody else. I assure you, they will come back and thank you. Now I want to get right into today's conversation because our conversation is a little bit long, but... You know, I let these conversations go as long as they need to. And it, you know, they don't get drawn out. They're not just long, drawn out conversations that, you know, end up being something boring. That's my thought process anyway, and that's the way I feel about it. But this is a really good conversation. So I really want to get right into it. But before I even introduce our future guest today, Nate Lind, to you, I want to mention that he has contacted me before I got an opportunity to do the pre-show and share this conversation with you. He has shared with me that he has an event coming up and you'll hear us talk a little bit about Add Some in our conversation. But I want to direct you to a link in menofabundance.com forward slash 193 where you are going to be able to register for an event being held for entrepreneurs in Key West. Now this event is May 3rd through the 5th, and I would certainly be there if I was going to be in Florida because May 5th is my birthday. And that would be an amazing way to celebrate my birthday with a bunch of other entrepreneurs in Key West of all places, which would be really cool. But don't let that stop you. I say go register for that event. Go out there. It is a free event for entrepreneurs that you can go hang out with Nate and many other entrepreneurs out in Key West. So go to menofabundance.com forward slash 193 and click on the link and get registered for this event. I'm absolutely positive it's going to be one hell of an experience. And for you business owners and advertisers out there, Nate has also offered a week free access to continuity you that's one of his websites where you can go and discover the common principles and best practices of being an advertiser in only eight modules he's got these modules set up over there where you're going to learn step-by-step process used in launching campaigns successfully learn essentials to building your first online campaign for digital and physical products and much more go over there and check that out if you're a business owner or you have a or you're a marketer of any sort you do any sort of advertising it's always important to get more information Tons of information. I'm telling you, I've got so much information myself on my platform, but I want you to go check out what Nate has going on and get that free access, that week free access to Continuity U. You can do that at menofabundance.com forward slash 193. There's a link over there, Continuity U, where you can get that free week access. Now I'm going to introduce you to Nate, our featured guest today, but I'm really going to sum up his bio as it's very long and extensive amazing stuff Nate has done throughout his life and all of that is listed at menofabunus.com forward slash 193 in the show notes but the bottom line is this Nate is an entrepreneur at heart he has done some amazing things in the entrepreneurial world he started out as in you know in real estate and flipping houses was doing very well of course 2008 got him just like it did pretty much everybody else at which time he went into the corporate world and he was doing everything from leading projects at the world's largest financial institutes like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And by 2011, he was recruited to the Bank of America as a vice president. Even though Nate had tasted wealth and married, he found a deep sense of emptiness in his own purpose outside of his family. As he began looking for opportunities to fill that emptiness, he discovered men's grooming products such as beard oil and a unique brotherhood like none other. Lind introduced his first proprietary beard oil product and watched every aspect of his life start to improve. During this time, he found himself at the center of a group of online entrepreneurs. So in keeping with the community building spirit that has been part of his life from early on, he launched a conference of like-minded entrepreneurs the launch was such a huge success his show add some is held every year in december in aspen colorado men of abundance it is my honor to introduce you to nate lind nate welcome to men of abundance brother how are you doing
1: i'm doing awesome this morning thanks for having me
0: excellent where are you at in the world
1: I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Well, technically, I'm in Rio Rancho, a suburb of Albuquerque.
0: Rio Rancho, I saw that on your on your Skype, uh, said what your location was, and um, Albuquerque, I love New Mexico, man. I spent some time down in El Paso about four years, and we used to go to um, down to Albuquerque all over New Mexico. I love the, um, what is it, the Hot Air Balloon Festival out there? Just yep. a beautiful place to be, man.
1: Yeah, we actually sponsored a balloon this last year. It was really fun. We got to go up every day, and you have to get there super early in the morning. It's freezing cold. Uh, but it's just an amazing time. We were doing, uh, actually, we, we created this uh, fun little event. It was the only floating treasure chest in the world. And we were doing these uh, these kind of treasure chest, treasure hunt uh, type, um, type of events every morning where we were handing out, uh, you know, gifts to folks. And um, literally, we we're having people following us and like searching for our balloon and driving around and trying to, you know, try to, you know, locate us, you know, as we were landing and come and, and, uh, and come get some treasure from us. It was really cool.
0: Yeah, that's man, that sounds amazing. It is unbelievable watching those balloons inflate, and they're just so huge. It's ridiculous how big those things are. And then when they're coming back down uh, and they're deflating, what an amazing sight! It's just amazing.
1: It's really fun, you know. We're 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 blessed here in the Albuquerque area to have you know the perfect weather, um, envi- the weather environment for what they call the box. And mm-hmm. so balloons that are able to ascend and then hit a different wind stream and, and then descend and, and kind of move back and forth. So they're always doing this kind of a circular box-like right. motion. And um, yeah, it's a ballooners paradise. It's a yeah. really cool thing that uh, that we really enjoy. And Albuquerque is a, a beautiful place. A lot of people. They don't even think about it. It's not even on their map as mm-hmm. the places to visit, and it's that's too bad because it's a beautiful place to live and to visit.
0: It truly is. And guys, if you ever want any trivia on one of the uh, locations that's in in uh, New Mexico, look up "truth and consequences," "truth or or truth and consequences." I'm not going to get into "truth or consequences." Yeah. Great, great backstory on how that uh, little town, little area got its name. So look that up. I might yeah. even throw it in the show notes. We'll see. Um, but I learned that when I was down in that area. Hey, before we get too much into the show, Nate, I really like to start out the same way I started out my morning just this morning, which is with an attitude of gratitude. What do you have to be grateful for today, man?
1: I'm most grateful for my wife. You know, she's been with me for, you know, o- over a dozen years and, and seen you know, things go up and down and, and uh, she stuck with me through thick and thin. And uh, I just love her to death and really, you know, have, have uh, an abundant amount of gratitude towards her.
0: Yeah, you and me both, brother. For my wife, that is. (laughs) 25 Mm -hmm. years, um, uh, December 14th, man. And she stuck through me through my military career. And at the same time, imagine this. Military career on top of my entrepreneurial desires and, you know, being gone, spending money, doing this, taking courses. I mean, it's hard enough just for uh, the the spouse of an entrepreneur. But add the military aspect on top of that. Goodness gracious, that woman's strong, man. (laughs)
1: Yep, I'm the the son of an army colonel, so I know about the military. My wife actually was in the military, too, when we were first dating and later got out. So I've been steeped in military my entire life.
0: So you know know what I'm talking about, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're on the other end of that, like my three boys. Absolutely, man. So, Nate, how would you describe yourself?
1: I think if I had to describe myself in one word, it would be curiosity or curious. Um, I've always been a big proponent of just, you know, asking questions and wondering why and, and you know, what's the, what's the point, what's the purpose. And, and then also I think I've really found that vulnerability and, and leading through, um, through my failures in many instances and being willing to share, you know, what I've screwed up on, you know, what I've not, um, you, know, you know, things that I can learn from that come from that has actually really, I think, set me apart from, you know, the average person out there that's so concerned about, you know, sharing anything that might be perceived as a weakness. I found that, you know, leading with, you know, your own stories and with your own personal, you know, challenges, even more so than your own triumphs has, has really built a a community around me that, uh, you know, I really just, you know, I love and I I love giving to them and I love providing value and, and just sharing, you know, Stuff that's you know not been working for me and things that have been working for me and that has uh, has really paid itself back in spades. So that's in kind of a short way. That's how I would describe myself is is very much giving and kind of taking that idea of you know many of the great entrepreneurs of the past is you know give before you get.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know that curiosity as young men, I'm thinking about myself. I was very curious and you said question everything and question, you're always questioning things. And I always questioned things. And like, I think about myself and I think about my boys as I'm going through, they're going through this right now. Questioning this, you know, certain things in the classroom for instance, or questioning adults. And some adults don't take that very kindly. When a a young man is questioning them, it's like they're questioning their authority. But then the other part that I love about that, that really does set you apart is that you were able to look at where your shortcomings were at and reveal those and not hide them, but actually bring them out. And, and now you, you've got a group of men, you've got a group of a master mastermind that you're putting together. We're going to get more into that in a minute, but the importance of this guys and the importance of that message and the reason why I highlight on that is number one, be curious, always explore, always experience new things. I have right here in front of me, collect moments, not things, not stuff, collect, experiences, not stuff. Yeah. And then when you fail, man, sit down with somebody and have a conversation about that. And and that's where the wisdom comes from. That's where you start learning. I just had actually posted this on my Pay It Forward Aloha Friday about how to gain that wisdom. Can you elaborate on that a little more, Nate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think before, like even going into to a conversation with somebody else, you know, I've got a, a series of, you know, I've got Legends, you know, is a, is a word, it's something we all, you know, maybe deep down inside aspire to be one day. And, you know, we have stories of people that are legends and, you know, we really hold either them in, in high esteem and in high status. And, you know, I have a um, uh, an acronym I use, as a device for legends, and it's learn yourself. For, for L, mm-hmm. uh, exercise aggressively for E, grow your tribe for G, uh, express your passion for the next E. Navigate confidently, destroy limitations, and share treasure. And mm. those are some things that are really important to me. That you can, you can, um, you can really express those aspects of life at any point in time. And you know, when you're when you're having those conversations, where you're sitting down and you, you want some wisdom from you know from other men in your life, that first one that's super important. Is you really need to learn yourself. Mm. And it's you know there's a there's a really important aspect of self reflection. And being present and and helping yourself so that you can help others so those are you know it's a first place to kind of start with that which uh, is just really where I like to go with it and then you know as you're moving yourself into uh, you know how you can express yourself and, uh, you know physically you know exercising aggressively is a huge piece of that because there's a there's a balance between your internal and your external which if you if you spend that that time working on it and valuing yourselves valuing yourself You'll you'll be able to express, you know, stronger internal and, you know, and externally, which is super important for us as guys. You know, a lot of our validation and our self, uh, our self-respect or our self-love comes from our internal strength and our also our external strength. And that gives you a really a really cool opportunity to take yourself and use yourself as a vehicle for adventure and, you know, working with friends and family and creating experiences and and those moments that you were talking about just a little while ago, Wally. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I had never, you know, as I've been following you even on Facebook for a while, I'd never really noticed that you had that acronym uh, until we talked about it this morning with LEGENDS, and that is absolutely brilliant, man. It hits on all the key points of being a man of abundance as well. I I absolutely love that. So um, also you've got another – site here, and it's an acronym, ADSUN. What is that all about?
1: Yeah, so ADSUM is, uh, that's my entrepreneurial community. So I, I started out in my entrepreneurial venture, actually, many, many years ago as a, as a real estate entrepreneur, and um, I flipped 75 houses over the course of about six, seven years in the Northern Virginia area, um, you know, learned a whole lot through that process. I took a, a short pause, kind of a, a forced pause, as the real estate market corrected itself in 2008. Um, Smart had to move. go back yeah. Yeah. You know, well, they <laughs> didn't really have much of a choice. To be right. Honest. Exactly. I didn't want to, um, but uh, I had to go back to I had to go back to work. So mm. it was kind of a I felt like it was a defeat, uh, you know, a failure at the time. But I learned so much from it. I had the opportunity to work for some of the world's largest financial institutions. And it was a it was a real blessing in disguise. Uh, and it gave me a little bit of a time to, you know, kind of, you know, go back out there and figure out, you know, where, who do I want to be in the world? What do I want to do? And it, being an entrepreneur is just something that I can't let go of, and so I entered the kind of entered the world of being an entrepreneur again, but this time it was for online, uh, online e-commerce and online uh, continuity, which is like subscription sales, so selling products direct to consumers. And add Some is kind of the uh, the penultimate of that. It's the year's worth of networking and. And, and hard work that, it, that I took as I was growing my, my own network, my company, growing my resources, and I created a trade show for online entrepreneurs, people specifically that sell products direct to consumers that use uh, online advertising to help them acquire customers. So it started as a, uh, a longer uh, word. It was advertiser summit. And over a period of time, I shortened it to add some it just has a really mm-hmm. cool name for it. And uh, it's it's really that uh, that embodiment of, of advertising something and, you know, the summit of bringing everybody together and also achieving, you know, the top, the pinnacle of that success.
0: Man, I like that. Very, very creative. So you kind of alluded to it a little bit there. You had the you know, you working up to the crash uh, as you're flipping houses. Then you got into the corporate side for a little while as well, which you didn't really talk about yet, but we're going to get into that here in just a minute because I find that very interesting and relevant to many of the listeners out there. But along the way, it sounds like you had a few, if not one or two, maybe several kick in the gut moments that really took you to your knees. And we highlight this here on Men of Abundance just because so many of us have, we all have these kick in the gut moments, whether it's a death in the family, something at work, the market changes, something happens. It's what yep. you do after that that makes us abundant leaders and it makes us legends uh, ultimately at least in our own mind um, so I would like for you to share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that
1: yeah well let's talk about that so in in two thousand and eight, um, you know the housing market was already at that point kind of shaky, so you know the- you know california um, arizona Nevada. Texas, Florida, you know, so kind of the the U-shape, all the, you know, all, this, all the sea-facing states and, and uh, you know, the, the external part of the U.S. had really experienced a significant amount of appreciation, and that's when you can sit down and you have conversations with your barber, and your barber was talking to you about how he's flipping this house or he's flipping that house, mm-hmm. a lot like how Bitcoin is nowadays. You know, everyone's <laughs> yeah. talking about Bitcoin, mm-hmm. and it's, it's right at about those moments when it's... Seems like time and time again, everything just blows to hell in in a handbasket. And uh, it was not too dissimilar for me. So I had already kind of found a a niche that I was uh, exploring and I was buying properties that needed to be fixed up. And I was providing a value to the folks that I'm buying those properties from, helping them start a new chapter of their life and, you know, moving into, you know, maybe an apartment or a different house or that sort of thing. You know, they had a little bit of equity, so I was Mm -hmm. able to, you know, able to cash out some of that equity for them so they could, you know, move into another stage of their life. And and then the house was, you know, uh, was left for me to, you know, fix it up or wholesale it or flip it. And that's what I would do. And in 2008... The, the amount of equity that got sucked out of the market, especially in the Northern Virginia area, and this was the same in you know, Las Vegas, even worse in Las Vegas and Phoenix, uh, San Diego, you know some of the Californian cities were really, really devastated. Florida was destroyed uh, from an equity perspective. Uh, the business model failed. So there wasn't an opportunity for me to go and work out an arrangement with somebody who had equity in their property And be able to, you know, provide a service for them, you know, make, you know, make some equity for myself and then, you know, sell the property to, you know, a a single uh, new single family and be able to, you know, make that exchange work. So it took a while for me to figure this out, too. Like I kept thinking, okay, well, I've been doing this for like six years. It's not going to change. I can keep doing this. All I have to do is keep doing the same thing over and over again. Well, You know, I think it's Albert Einstein that coined that that coined the term doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. So I was part insane, part not insane. (laughs) (laughs) Aren't aren't (laughs) most of us? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I knew what what I had been doing before worked, but the market shifted. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing now wasn't going to keep working. So it, it really like that, that gut check moment was one night. I remember, you know, I've got this, I had at the time, uh, I just, I just bought a house. Um, so I, I didn't quite time. I sold a bunch of properties, but I didn't quite time the bottom of the market as well as I could have. And I had just bought a house. Um, you know, I've got a son on the way, so my, my first, my first child is on the way. And I hadn't really seen any income in about eight months. And, you know, I'm starting to like that, 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 uh, calm, silent, stoic, like demeanor that, you know, that, that mask that we put on to face the world was starting to like crack. And I was really having that like challenge, like internally, just recognizing, okay, well shit, what the hell am I going to do now? And to top it all off, um, my, my poor wife just, you know, having a regular day, just trying to be supportive, recognizing I'm I'm depressed at this point and, you know, being a ship bear and and just kind of like going through, you know, my own kind of, you know, Uh, reactions at the time, ask me a simple question. You know what that was, Wally? I
0: have no idea. Uh, How was your day today, sweetie? Oh, that that was it.
1: That was it. I snapped. I was like, don't tell, don't ask me about my day -day." today. And like everything, like everything that was just like simmering under this, this mask, under the surface just went boom. And I, you know, I I erupted on her, totally snapped on her, Mm. totally uncalled for. Uh, I paid for it for years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And you will continue uh, paying for it.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And um, but but what was good about it is that that was a gut check for me. And it really recognized that what I'm doing is not working and I need to do something different. And um, I reached out to some of my closest buddies. And at the time, a couple of them were going through the same sort of situation themselves and could offer no help. Uh, but one of them uh, had, you know, had, you know, already started to make a transition from being an entre- entrepreneur to going and working for somebody. And, and he recommended, you know, I, I submit uh, submit my resume. And this was like, this is turmoil for me. Like, remember, yeah. I, I haven't worked for somebody in six years and I've got to go and get a resume. Yeah. Like, what the hell? But I went ahead and did it anyways. I found a resume service. I'll never forget them, resumeedge.com. I don't know if they still exist or not. Free plug for you guys. But um, I used their service, got my resume uh, you know all brushed up and started submitting is submitted actually really only submitted to one place this is where my buddy was working and um and he, you know, it turned into an interview and I, it was ended up becoming a contractor for a, a very large financial institution, one that people see on TV all the time and, um, you know, turned into kind of a stepping stone for me. For the next two or three years, I went about just like really seeping myself back into corporate life and, and learning, you know, what it means to be like a financial consultant. Because before as, as a employee, before I was a, a real estate investor, um, I was doing, you know, websites and, and that sort of stuff so it was you know, very different. And for the next, you know, rest of 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011, for four years, I just would hopscotch around to different contracts. And I eventually landed a, a job at uh, Bank of America as a vice president. And I, it was wow. a fully remote job. So I got to work from home. I, I was able to skip all this crazy, nasty commutes I had in the D.C. area. And for those of you in Atlanta, D.C., L.A., Chicago, you know, D- Dallas, some of those big cities, you know how bad the commute can just yeah. suck the life out of you. Yeah. And um, I was able to, uh, uh, you know, move into that position. I had a team of about 20 people. I learned a lot about management and project management and program management skills from all of that and, and started doing some traveling. And it kind of set me in the position where I was able to, um, to afford to invest in, a, in an online business that uh, later I would end up taking, um, you know, taking on all the operations and growing to a nine-digit uh, gross revenue company over the course of six years.
0: Wow! Yeah, that's impressive. What was that online business?
1: Uh, so it's it's an online advertising agency. Um, it, it had uh, several different brands that we would sell uh, products direct to consumers, and then also working with a number of clients directly, helping them sell their products. So. Uh, it's just an online agency called, uh, called Halo River and um, still exists to this day. And something that, um, you know, I've got a team of people that, that work with and they help facilitate uh, that ad agency experience and agency of record for a number of brands that sell products online.
0: So the, let's, let's run through that real quick a little bit and highlight a few things for the guys out there. So you start out, even before you were doing real estate, flipping houses, you were building websites.
1: I was. Yeah, I actually got my degree in media art and animation at the Art Institute of Denver, uh, Art Institute of Colorado in Denver. So I had a background in computers, websites, graphic design, animation, video production. Uh, That's that's what I got my degree in. And about halfway through that college career, I started to find myself growing more and more interested in the art of the deal as Trump likes to call it, right. or like do, doing business as opposed as opposed to doing the actual work and the art and the websites mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So going through college, I found that I really liked the the act of creating and building relationships with people because that ultimately is what leads to, uh, to a sale, you know, to a business-to-business type, you know, sale. Mm-hmm. And that carried with me into real estate and working directly with people and and you know negotiating and, and working with um, you know working with folks individually to find win-win solutions for them something where they would come up on top and I would come out on top. And that that experience has continued with me every career move I've made, including, you know, going to work in back in the corporate America world in the financial uh, financial sector, you know, finding, OK, well, you know, I'm trying to create a win for the people that I work for. And, you know, what challenges are they having? So let me. All right. So here's what challenges they're experiencing. Let me try to solve those challenges and create a win for them. And then they would create a win for me by giving me different projects and different assignments. And, you know, over time, I would you know try different stuff myself. And and then that. It took a bit of a, a little bit of a backseat in in the online world. It's it's different from selling something to somebody through a website than it is talking to somebody directly, uh, and creating a win for them. So it it, it was a, it was much different for me. Uh, you know, taking that experience and applying it, but I was able to draw on, uh, you know, that website experience and, and graphics and design and that sort of stuff. All the things my mom thought I wasted my money on when I finished my degree and went into real estate, mm. I got to use again. And um, that uh, that was really fun for, for a good period of time. And, and I found that, uh, again, my my desire to create relationships and build friendships uh, continued to grow and then as I would go to trade shows in the online community the e-commerce community I would start to build those friendships and those networks and it would start with the vendors so the companies that I'm, I'm working with and using and it would work, then it started to translate into or transfer over to my competition and believe it or not I became really good friends with a number of my competitors mm-hmm. and and that just continued <clears throat> to grow and over, you know, over time that's what led to creating in that trade show and the community around AdSum, and and has led to you know building this mastermind of the you know the elite online entrepreneurs and and those who help facilitate that online entrepreneurs journey in the Legends Mastermind.
0: Yeah, that's all encompassing right there in that abundance mindset. So, and and then being a kind of a techie guy um, and building websites. It's it's rare that a lot of techie guys really get into – have that trait that you realize that you had, which is I like the art of the deal. I like talking to people. Just yeah. had this conversation the other day. We have this a, A3 Plus with the Arbinger Institute that I'm a facilitator for where you, you basically rate people on, on how they – are in the workplace. And one of them is impact on people. And most techie guys don't have a high impact on people. In fact, they have a low impact on people because they don't like talking to people. They like talking to computers and networks and, and, you know, all the languages in the computers. So that's cool that you were able to do that. And then, of course, that trait carries on to damn near everything else that you do. So when you started getting into the real estate how did you learn that? Was that something that you just kind of learned by trial and error? Did you take a course, or did you hire a mentor or something?
1: I had a mentor. Yeah, it, it, uh, I, I so this the kind of a short story behind that is I was um, maybe one of the disciples of uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, so Robert Kiyosaki. When mm-hmm. when that book came out, that was really inspiring for me. Oh
0: yeah, me too. And.
1: And he had a, um, a really interesting form at the time on richdad.com that you could go and, you know, meet with other people. And, and he'd set up the book as a I, – I know, at, you know, the, um, the whole mechanics of the, the funnel, the sales funnel of how it was all set up. The, the book is the lead gen. Yeah. You know, his, his, um, his game is, you know, some additional lead gen, a little higher ticket price. And then he had all the seminars and courses and stuff that came on behind that and coaching. And I went through that. And you know what? It made me millions of dollars. So I, I you know, I, I never look at someone's uh, business model from a, a lack of abundance perspective and say, oh, you know, he's just making money off of that or whatever. Well, yeah. for me, it's all about what value do I get? And then, you know, how does that apply? Uh, how does that apply to me? That edu- How do I apply that education to myself? Uh, but just a quick story. I uh, I met a mentor through the RichDad.com forums. And it was because of a flow 101 game that he was hosting. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, at this time I'm like 22, kind of a, you know, awkward, gangly kind of tech kid, you know, kind of squishy. Uh, I was much heavier back then. And, uh, you know, I came to this, this guy's house, basically. They were, you know, throwing this game, you know, this Cashflow 101 game in his house. And uh, I thought to myself, well, I, I can't show up empty-handed. So I stop at the grocery store and I pick up a six-pack of Old Dominion Root Beer. And um, still some of the best soda I've ever had in my life or pop for those of you in the Midwest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, so I I come to this guy's house and and I I present my six pack of Old Dominion root beer and sit down and and for for the first time find myself playing this like supercharged version of Monopoly called Cashflow 101. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just developed a relationship with the, uh, the host of the game. And amongst all of his friends, it was real interesting because amongst all of his friends and I'm the only stranger that's there, we were. I was the only person willing to partner with him in this game. And, you know, it's his fake money. This isn't Mm -hmm. playing for, you know, playing for keeps or anything. And as he was looking for people to partner up with, he would obviously turn to his friends first because that's his tribe. And none of them wanted to. And I, I was willing to. So it kind of goes back to a G in, in, in legends is grow your tribe. Uh, you know, I, I was looking to expand and, and grow my tribe and, and, and as was he. And I found that, you know, working with individuals that have that type of philosophy really do well together. And those type of uh, partnerships, joint ventures, relationships um, can be very fruitful. Uh, so that that was, um, you know, really big piece for me was finding that mentor. And he over over the years, I mean, he's about 10 years older than older than myself, introduced me to a series of curriculum that was really beneficial for me uh, to go through from a communication perspective. Uh, one of them was landmark education and uh, the curriculum for living. There's a series of weekend cl- classes that you can take and then seminars that you can go to. And it's it's really about the. Um, uh, It's really about the communication that you have with those that are around you. And also back to L from Legends, you know, learning yourself, uh, you know, really looking at, you know, what's what's going on inside you, what's going on inside your mind, you know, inside your heart that you can learn from. And be able to communicate in a much more authentic manner with the people around you, which immediately sets you apart from the average person out there who's constantly like withholding or not revealing or, you know, they built this shell around them that, you know, they've got this fear. And the Internet, I think, is only making that worse for people that have a fear that whatever they yeah. say is going to live on the Internet forever. And that's true. But at the same time. If you don't express yourself, express your passions, which is another part of legends, um, you you really you're just a you're just the next person that's spit out of this conveyor belt of conditioning that we grow up in. And you pop down and then you're, you're conditioned to be an employee and you're conditioned to get married in, in your 20s or 30s. You're conditioned to try to get that 3% raise, you know, year after year. And then when you're in your 30s or 40s, you have a midlife crisis because you feel like you've wasted 10, 15, 20 years of your life. And you're left kind of a, a shell of yourself wondering, well, what do you do next? And you've never spent the time to learn yourself that you don't even know what to do next.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, and that's fine for guys who aren't listening to Men of Abundance right now. Um, you know, it, but those of you who are listening, uh, take heed to what Nate is talking about right now. It's ironic that you, it's interesting that you just brought up Cash Cashflow 101 because just last weekend, I was out at a coworker's house until almost midnight uh, playing Cash Cashflow 101. Absolutely love that game. It's, <laughs> I was, we can get into the whole conversations it's, it's an excellent game, an excellent learning experience. I have Cash Flow One Hundred One, the, the the children's version. I've been playing with my boys for yeah. quite some time, but we haven't played in a while because my oldest or my middle son beats my pants off in um, yeah. in um, Monopoly. So I said, okay, fine, let's get some Cash Flow, but I wanted my little guy to play along too. So we got the child's version. Now it's time for me to get the adult version and start holding my own uh, games because it's a one. It's a great networking tool. Yeah. so you were able to go build your tribe, grow your tribe through that network um, and then you you know you obviously learn a lot through the program as through the game as well uh, on a personal level as well as biz- as far as business is concerned but then you had some actual and a lot of guys set it up like that they do it so they can have some actual connections and grow I dig it man that's really cool.
1: Absolutely. you know it, it was really helpful for me to overcome some of the more, Uh, difficult things to do on your, you know, do on your own and, you know, kind of, you know, finishing up through the acronyms of legends, you know, in, uh, haven't really talked much about, but it's navigating confidently. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, saying we've all heard it, fake it till you make it, you know, there's actually a good reason for it. Like there's, there's a, you know, science around, you know, actually, you know, acting as if, you know, living as if what you're, uh, what you're trying to accomplish is already certain. That you know, Mm -hmm. so stepping into the game and acting as if everything you ask for is going to be responded to with with an affirmative or with a yes, Uh, that's something that did not come natural to me, and I had to work through the psychology of that. You know, Mm -hmm. over years and years, and it the 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 time and place for me to to do that was through through real estate. When I was I'm working, you know, with people and approaching them, you know, acting as if they were going to say yes, you know, at at the very beginning of my negotiation, whatever Mm -hmm. that might be. And then taking that and applying that to the dating scene, you know, before I met my wife and like going through the whole dating process and, you know, showing up with confidence is something that it, it is. There's not a woman in the world that is not attracted to a man of confidence and, and acting as if is something that and in fact, there's probably still not a woman in, the, in this world that even after they've been married for 15 years is not still attracted to a man of confidence. And and showing that, you know, to them, I think is a is a really key aspect of keeping a marriage healthy and, and keeping it moving in a, in a strong and, and powerful way moving forward, so that navigating confidently was a huge piece of it. Which leads to the you know D in Legends is destroy your, is destroying limitations, and that was particularly difficult because you can either find yourself in a situation where you're surrounded by people who are limitations to you, or if that's not the case, you may find that within yourself are limitations that are with, that are holding you back, and th- those are two of the most difficult things to to go through alone. And having, uh, you know, having that tribe with you, and having, you know, men of abundance and, and individuals of uh, of confidence that can see your blind spots and help work through that. Knowing that from a positive perspective what you are trying to bring to the world. And and supporting you with that is really helpful because it's really hard to see your own blind spots, and having them be able to point it out in not in an incriminating or a, a hurtful way, but being able to share with you some things that maybe. Are self-sabotaging that you can't see yourself, and it's absolutely critical that you surround yourself with people that are positive, not pessimists. That's uh, I, I've read it in a couple of different articles that you know the, the the wealthy, the rich, the entrepreneurs, men of abundance, whomever it might be. There's one common enemy to uh, to positivity <laughs> and, and growth, and that's pessimism and negativity. So that that's something that's really important to um, you know to keep in mind for people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Extremely important. And, and, you know, In order for you to grow, guys, you absolutely have to have that tribe. You have to have that mastermind. You have to have that group of men that are going to be around that have that confidence. And one thing I want to back up on a little bit, <clears throat> just because I know some of the guys that are listening are going, okay, where is he going to come in on this? Because I have this thing that I like to point out about, fake it until you make it, which I, I get the point in that, So so my point is some people take it too far. Some people Mm. think, well, I have to look and act like a millionaire. Let's take, for instance, real estate. In order for people to take me seriously, I have to be driving a Beamer. I have to be driving, you know, and and that's not the, I don't want you to go spending money and trying to look like you're a millionaire externally. Yeah, You have to do it. This is faking it until you make it internally in your mind. And confidence, excuse me, confidence comes from within. From within but also from taking action it's not the other way around you don't gain confidence and then take action you gain confidence by the actions that you take and succeeding in those small little successes and hanging out with with confident successful men that's where the confidence comes from and I just want to make that clear because I see a lot of people out there they're buying brand names and they're doing this and they're making it look like they have all this money and it's a facade and that's a quick way to get in trouble
1: I totally agree, you know, and and I can sit here after having put, you know, seven digits, eight digits, nine digits through an agency uh, into other people's pockets, into my pockets. I still drive. You know what? I, I drove to this interview. came over to my office. I've got a 2001 Lexus LX470. It's an old crusty Land Cruiser that I've got big steel bumpers on it. It's lifted. It's supercharged. <laughs> I bought it for fifteen thousand dollars. It's a it was a sixty five thousand dollar vehicle when it was brand new. I bought it in two thousand nine two thousand ten. Uh, I I buy used cars. I'm absolutely of that same uh, that same opinion. I read uh, The Millionaire Next Door many many years ago. I was going to bring it up.
0: Absolutely yep. great book. What the, was the average? You remember what the average? Um, Vehicle that a millionaire owned in I think it was like 1986 or something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what that was. But the lesson I got from it is, is never buy anything that's like newer than three to five years old. Right. And, I, and to this day, I, I, I've got a like my nice car is a 2009 Mercedes AMG. And mm-hmm. that's a nice ass car. But yeah. I bought it only a couple of years ago. and I paid twenty two thousand dollars for it. That's a one hundred thousand dollar car that some other joker paid one hundred thousand dollars for. <laughs> and it depreciated exactly. eighty thousand dollars on his watch and then I bought it and it still looks awesome. It's mean, it's looks nice. It it works great. And, uh, I, I, people still turn their heads at it and that's not really what I'm about, but it's a nice, it's a nice vehicle. And you know, that's absolutely to your point. Don't fake it till it makes, don't fake it till you make it from a perception perspective. It's, it's Mm -hmm. not about trying to show that perspective to other people in 95% of all situations. It's, to exactly your point, Wally, like, you know, set yourself up in situations where you can overcome challenges. Those challenges that you overcome build your confidence. Mm -hmm. That confidence continues to grow. It's just like a video game. Just over and over again, you gain experience points. And over time, that confidence isn't faking it. You live and breathe and you exude that confidence everywhere you go.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And if I remember right, uh, Dr. Stanley, the author of that book, said that it was, a, and I forget, the, I don't know, I'm not sure on the year 84 or something like that, but it was a Ford F-150, and they were all purchased, used. <laughs> like yeah. you said, they were yeah. used. That's why millionaires stay millionaires. They know how to manage their money. And that, that, Those millionaires, the Kardashians, all those type of folks that you see, millionaires, that's like 0.2% of the population of the millionaires in the United States. Real yeah. millionaires are the guys that live right next door to you. You don't even know that they're multimillionaires, have no idea whatsoever. So, brother, we are at a point in the conversation where we are going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. Ready to do that? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so give men of abundance one to three actionable steps that they can take today.
1: So I'm going to close in the final letter for legends, share treasure. And Mm. if you find that you share yourself with those around you, something that's important, your time, a gift of money, or some token of importance from you, an act of service, or words of affirmation, or some encouragement. Give without asking for anything in return. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful, and the sense of satisfaction you get from it is so tremendous, and on the flip side, when you give without expecting something in return, something is going to reciprocate. And that is my takeaway for you guys, is give your time, give your Mm -hmm. money, give something of importance an act of service words of 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 admiration or affirmation for men that other men out there are women and children as well and some level of encouragement if you can give and give and share and give and share that treasure you're going to get something magic back to you
0: yeah absolutely amazing that you're bringing that up let me grab something real quick and the reason why i wanted to grabbed this was because just this morning in this book that I'm reading that my wife got me. Can you see it? Yeah, I see right? Because I'm not seeing my video. Uh, God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. I'm not a really religious man, but I am a spiritual man. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we were talking about that you're talking about right now, giving of uh, time talents and treasure. Mm -hmm. The passage that I just read this morning, there's one page per day for the whole year to read. And it's about wisdom. And that is, to go just one step further than what you just said on that is it is an in, in jest to not give of your time, talents and treasures when you know that your neighbor is in need. Mm. It's jest, So yeah. it takes it just even that little step further that you got to, it's more than just making a decision of seeking out those people that, that are in need for times, talents or treasures, but it's jest to know that the individual needs it. And you not give it at that point in time. Not like, well, wait till next week. I'll take some time to share that with you.
1: I was called out um, in front of an audience of about seventy or 80 uh, multimillionaire uh, real estate investors, and uh, in front of this entire group, I was called out, and uh, the the, um, the facilitator of this event accused me of being greedy with my knowledge and with my time. And uh, it was done. It was done in, in a loving way, but it was it prompted me to really think about holy crap, you know, I, I sometimes think about what, what gifts and knowledge, you know, time, treasure, talents that I have and, and minimize those. And one of the things that we don't take into consideration too often, and maybe we should, is – There's there's benefit for somebody somewhere like we're all in various stages of life. We're in different levels of where we are in our mastery of different subjects and skills and talents, et cetera. And there's always somebody that has a benefit from something that you have to offer. Mm -hmm. And if you're so greedy with your own time, talent and treasure to not give any of that, then absolutely. That is a huge injustice. And that is not what being a legend is all about.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, admittedly, it gets tougher and tougher the more people like you and I get our voices out there, get our faces out there. I must get at least 20 messages on Facebook every single day. And yeah. some of them are just connecting. Some of them just say, hey, I love what you're doing. I dig it. Many of them are saying, hey, check out my Bitcoin program or hey, would you, I would. Some of them are like I'm a prince in Saudi Arabia or something like that, that <laughs> type of stuff. You know, they're out there, yeah. too. But some of them are legitimate questions and and uh they're they're asking for assistance and help and i have to admit i'm i'm at the point to where i really cannot accommodate everybody i recently had a conversation with um and i want to see what your take is on this personally on on this right here Mm -hmm. because i just had a conversation with um dan miller uh the uh author of 48 days to the work you love Mm -hmm. and i asked him this question and he said he basically gives up uh how did he exactly he said basically he gives up two, basically free he gives up his time like once a once a month or once a a week Mm -hmm. where he's just like oh look I got some time right here just for you and I to talk but then at the same time he had a guy who was driving in a truck driver and said hey I, I can either meet you at the truck stop or I can come to your house and Dan's like dude I just I just can't do it I just don't really don't have the time because if yeah. we did that, my goodness, how would we be able to live our own life of abundance, right?
1: Well, it, what what we find, what I found, is when I was doing that, I was taking away from my from my wife and from my children, mm-hmm. and so much so that I I could have lost them, and uh, it it got to a breaking point. So I really had to just recognize that you know my time is the one thing I can never create. I can create more money, I can create other opportunities. I can. There's so much more that I that I can have control over. I don't have control over stopping and starting time Mm -hmm. so to to answer your question I look at it you know pretty similarly Um, and I I try to I try to make as many moments and be in the present with as many people as I can but I do shut off my I'll turn off my phone um, Mm -hmm. I'll turn off um, you know my email turn off my notifications at at specific points you know throughout the course of the week so I can focus and dedicate my time on my uh, with my wife and with my children and you know and then you know, alternatively, you know, they also know there's times that I'm I'm unavailable, you know, for them with work, you know, unless there's an emergency, of mm-hmm. course. But um, I have to be very judicial about my time. And I'm very similar situation as you, Wally. I, you know, I've been on an, I've been public enough for long enough and people know enough of my story that it, it, it reaches them. And that's a that's a great thing. That's what I want. Uh, And there's a lot of things that I can give to folks and creating, you know, a platform by which I have a community that it's not just me that's giving, but I've also created this community where others are giving. Mm -hmm. And much, much like I'm sure, you know, your community does is, you know, men of abundance helping, you know, helping each other as well. And that's kind of where I see the multiplier effect. Like I might not personally be able to talk to everybody in every situation. Uh, but, you know, the, the platform that I'm creating can uh, can magnify that. And, you know, the content that I create can, can magnify that. Um, so that's really how I approach it right. is just try to be as smart as I can about my time, still be intimate and, and create those individual present moments with people. But just recognize that we can't be there for everybody all the time.
0: Right. Absolutely. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And um, one of the things I do as well as I batch my time, I don't even get into Facebook messages or I just have a, like an hour on my calendar. This is the time that I'm going to answer. All the, I won't get through all of them,
1: yeah. but
0: I'm going to get through as many of them as I can in this point of t- in this block of time. And then after yep. that, I'm done because I'll be there. Yep. I could literally be there all day. All right, yep. man. So th- speaking of that, what habits make the biggest impact in your life?
1: So my, my morning routine is super important mm-hmm. to me. Um, you know, I, I've uh, done done really marvelous things in my my product sales and, uh, you know, things that I've done before, you know, and, in, in, you know, selling direct to consumers. And I, I just I have to have a morning routine, um, you know, my exercise routine. I have my own grooming routine. I've got a for those of you that have seen me, I've got a, you know, a big and, a, you know, big and, and groomed, you know, beard. And um, I just like to spend time on myself when I start the day and I feel that I can be then the most powerful person for everybody around me when I've given myself that time and courtesy to, um, you know, to focus on myself, whether it be, you know, you know, shaving and setting up myself in the morning, you know, and, and doing my trimming and that sort of stuff, going to the gym, you know, getting a hard workout in. Uh, you know, those things are absolutely critical for me from a ritual perspective. And then um, and and doing meditation and being mindful um, and and trying to trying to take a a mindfulness approach to many of the things that I do in life, you know, driving and, and, you know, being present with people and just focusing on what I'm there for, as opposed to being a blank face, and my mind working somewhere else. If, If I can, uh, you know, going back to that, if I can give myself the the time and the and the, and the intention every morning before I start my day, that's the most important part for me to be the, the most effective person I can be for everybody else that I'm, that are depending on me.
0: Yeah. And guys, you know it, man, this is a trend right here. It doesn't matter necessarily what your routine is, but a morning routine is one of the things that is across the board. Just about every guy that I've talked to has some sort of a morning routine uh, and, I got to tell you, Nate, good looking beard, man. I, Thank I you. I, I've tried a little bit. You know, it, one, it bugs me a little bit, but also when I start growing it in, I start kind of looking like Joe Dirt. So I just, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just let it go, man. But uh, yeah. leave, leave it to guys like you and, and Ryan Mickler and a couple of those cool cats out there with those awesome beards. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you recommend that our Abundant Leaders read or listen to and Why?
1: You know, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Dr. Glover's book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Mm, great book. Uh, that yeah. was a it was a really um, really inspiring book for me a couple of years ago, a year and a half or so ago. Where I recognized that I was doing a lot of people pleasing. I was pleasing a lot of people around me, and 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 I had kind of a, a kind of a wimpy approach, I think, to um, you know, that, like that that confidence that we talked about earlier in this in this uh, this interview. You know, kind of. Not slipped away, but, you know, in different aspects of your life, like, you know, confidence is something that you build in context. It could be something around work. It can be in your relationship. It can be around, you know, your fitness or, you know, your eating or, or a variety of different things. And, um, you know, I think I had, I had really gotten off base with, um, you know, with that level of confidence and, and that, you know, of being true to myself. And, um, you know, in my, in my personal relationship, actually with my wife. And mm-hmm. I found that, you know, if I was able, you know, if I was able to like read to my own boundaries and to my own, you know, my own confidence and my my knowledge of of knowing that I've been steering this family unit in a particular direction for years. And then as I start to waver a little bit in those times of waver, that seems to be when the majority of like the frustrations come up that bubble up in the relationship and. You know, reading through No More Mr. Nice Guy was a really helpful way for me to recognize that that men and women have roles and we have roles that are that come natural to us. We have some roles that come unnatural to us. And the more that we can learn and recognize what are our natural roles and and getting into and looking at their relationship in a way that fulfills that on both sides and it's not about one being better than the other or one being smarter than the other or or you know or or even from an equality perspective like men and women are are not the same like they they can be uh they can be you know beautiful and wonderful and smart and intelligent in different ways but they're different roles and you know, having an an open and honest dialogue in your own relationship and taking the lead is uh, was the huge piece that I got out of that. That um, it it definitely turned around. I think a, a real spiraling aspect of my relationship that had come from all of this me giving time everywhere else, but not to my own family unit. That I had to really like circle the wagons and spend time in my family unit and and repair the you know some of the damage I'd done by you know by ignoring my children and and ignoring my wife. And um, it was. It was really, uh, really powerful for me. And I really credit Dr. Glover's book for helping me through that.
0: Yeah, great book. I've listened to that book. I've got it on audio and I've listened to it twice. <clears throat> then I went back and listened to a couple of chapters a couple more times. Guys, if you're going to get that book um, and you feel that you might be in that Mr. Nice Guy, that that nice guy role, just be prepared uh, for some deep reflection, because as it turns out, the nice Guy's not all that nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it gets down to it. And mm-hmm. that's, I'm going to leave it at that because Dr. Glover uh, certainly explains it much better than I could uh, yep. for sure, but definitely get that book. I'll have it linked up in the show notes at MenOfAbundance.com as well. Nate, what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance?
1: I think fear. I think fear and ignorance are things that, you know, hold most people back. Um, you know, there's a reason why uh, the acronym and the word legends, and the first letter is learn yourself, is that we, we I think, uh, embody so much fear and regret and concern and worry from the world today that if we really just sit in silence and, and, and consider and, and learn, you know, ourselves and recognize, you know, what, what's true to us, that starting from that with a mentality of abundance and, and the law of attraction, abundance, you know, whatever the terminology people like to use around it. If, if you have a core place to start from and you just live your life as if everything is going to come to you from an abundance mindset, you're going to have a much more rich and enjoyable life than, than whatever misery you might be sitting in now. And maybe not everybody's in that, in that situation, but if there's anybody listening to this that you know, feels like they're in a bit of a miserable situation, then I would absolutely encourage you to, to do some deep reflection and uh, you know, use the resources out there that we've talked about in this interview.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, fear is a common answer. Uh, you said ignorance. Elaborate on that a little bit.
1: So that's really self-ignorance. I think that's that's the part going back to legends is learn yourself why right. it's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, you're we. I uh, think people today are so certain <laughs> about you know who they are and what's yeah. right and what's you know what's wrong and that sort of stuff. And I would consider that. Being uncertain about everything is a much more positive approach to to learning oneself and to learning those around you than than approaching life with certainty. It, you know, question, you know, as much as you can, as much as you're mm-hmm. comfortable with, question more than you're comfortable with. You know, mm-hmm. living in that uncomfort zone I've talked about before in some other interviews. For those of you that have listened to me before, you know, live in that uncomfort zone. If you're if you're constantly comfortable, you're not growing. Mm-hmm. You're not evolving. You need to try things that you're uncomfortable with. Make a list. Make a list of 50 things you're uncomfortable doing. You know, I I, I wouldn't tell anybody that I'm um, I'm homophobic or that, you know, I don't like being around, you know, gay guys and gals. But at the same time, I've never gone to a gay rally before until this last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd never gone before, and it was uncomfortable for me. Um, but I went, and, you know, it's just a bunch of sweet people doing, you know, what, what they feel is— is, you know, absolutely inherent for them. And, and, you know, the abundance of, of love in that event was super surprising. And, uh, you know, it absolutely, you know, kind of shook my, you know, my thoughts around that. And, and I was even, and then of course my business mind starts spinning. So, you know, at the time we're selling a lot of, you know, men's, you know, grooming products and I'm thinking, Oh my God, there's guys around here all over the place that, you know, this, this would be a field day for selling, you know, men's grooming products and, you know that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, had, had kind of a you know t- took an interesting turn as well. But like, just try uncomfortable things. And if mm-hmm. uh, there, I think Morgan Spurlock for a while had that show where you know he would put himself in situations that are like, or put people together, you know, and, and kind of trade walks of life. Like that sort of stuff is super fascinating to me because people's um, their their hard, deep-rooted like boundaries and core beliefs often get challenged. And they, I think, pretty much all of them would say at the end of that type of an experience that they were better off for having confronted something that was so uncomfortable to them and, and, and overcoming that challenge of perception and that I think would be, you know, a fantastic thing for people to, uh, to look at on a monthly basis or daily basis as often as you can is what's one thing that you're uncomfortable with. Go and try it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even you just mentioning that made a lot of people's hair on the back of their neck stand up for sure. Uh, yeah. I know for sure. So, Nate, what does living a life of abundance mean to you?
1: So Living a life of abundance for me means living a life of, of abundant love and, uh, and constantly imparting that with those around me, uh, my family, my friends, my community. And, and most importantly, I think even before everyone that's external to me is, is abundant love for myself. Um, it's not something that came easy for me. And it's, it's something I think, you know, men in particular struggle with. Um, there's a lot of deep, deep seated and deep rooted uh, shame, I think, that comes from uh, a number of cultural and, and conditioning things that uh, that people experience in the world today. And loving oneself, I think, is probably the first place that I would start for any type of a life of abundance.
0: Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. So we're going to close this up, brother. And before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to ensure that our abundant leaders get out of our conversation today?
1: You know, we didn't talk at all about the uh, you know the, the community of online entrepreneurs that uh, that I represent and that, that I facilitate. So you know, for any guys that's out there that you know is living in the rat race or you have an online business or anything that's uh, you know that's related to product sales online, um, that's really my mastery. You know, I, I talk a lot about. Uh, the psychology and, and, uh, and philosophy of uh, of living and that sort of stuff as well most of m- much of that has come from my uh, the mastery i've gained in the um, in the physical product sales world so absolutely encourage anybody that is in that space or interested in learning more about that space to uh, uh, come over to addsum.net or find me at nate at add and uh, you can feel free to inquire we'll get you pointed in the right direction
0: Absolutely. Hey, I appreciate you sharing that. Guys, take advantage of that. Check it out. You know, I always tell you, go with the group of guys, whatever it is that you're looking for. Make sure you resonate with them. Follow Nate on on Facebook and social media. Send him an email. Connect with him. We're going to have all of that linked up in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about writing all that down. Nate, I greatly appreciate your time, brother. I dig what you got going on. I love your story. Um, Going from building websites, real estate, corporate world. And then into what you're doing with the, you know, yeah, the, we didn't even get into the beard oils and all the other. You talked a little bit about the grooming and stuff like that. Throw me yeah. that stuff too. I'll have all that linked up in the in the show notes as well. I want to lift that up. And uh, and then, man, doing what you're doing with your masterminds and with the legends, absolutely love it, brother. Thank you for what awesome. you're doing.
1: Thanks for your time today.
0: All right, man. Aloha, guys. No legend has ever been a man of inaction. Legends are those who have taken massive action throughout their lives. Now, you may not strive to be a legend for the world to remember, but I would hope you would at least want your family, your kids, your boys, your your young ladies to look up to you and admire your actions as a legend within your family and community. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward.